بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم أما بعد السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته and welcome to Fiqh according to the four schools of thought with myself Ibrahim Musa and Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussein today we are going to be discussing janaza and burial according to the four schools of thought in our Fiqh lesson we welcome Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussein to the show السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته وعليكم السلام ورحمة الله وبركاته جزاك الله خيرا في إبراهيم بارك الله فيكم. We start with some very important and interesting questions. The first thing, everybody wants a good death. What is the sign of a good death? حسن الخاتمة. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم أما بعد. All praise due to Almighty Allah. the sustainer, nourisher, and cherisher of this universe. Peace, blessings, and salutations be upon our beloved master and leader, Nabi Muhammad Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. First and foremost, we all should make the dua, as mentioned in Surah Yusuf, the dua of Nabi Yusuf alayhi salatu salam, Surah 12, verse 101. Tawaffani Muslima wa alhiqni biswalihin. O Almighty Allah, let me die as a Muslim and attach and join me and unite me with the Muslim, with the pious people. Wa alhiqni biswalihin and unite me with the pious people. The sign that a person has died with Iman, Mustafa Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam said, the hadith in Nasai in Tirmidhi, al mu'minu yamutu bi araqil jabin. That a true believer will die with perspiration on his or her forehead. Many a time we see our father or mother or the person that they perspiring profusely. That's a sign of Allah's rahmah and enveloping that person there. Likewise, when the person passes away on a Friday, man tawafahu Allahu yom al jumu'ah aw laylataha waqahu Allahu min fitnil qabr. A person passed away on a Friday, the day of Friday. or the night of Friday, what we call Thursday night, Almighty Allah will protect that person from the torment of the grave, this hadith in Tirmidhi. Obviously, the person must pass away with Iman and Islam. That is the biggest criteria. Likewise, a person passes away in Ramadan, a person passes away on a Monday. Mustafa Nabi Sallallahu passed away on a Monday. The demise took place. Sayyidina Al-Bakr Siddiq used to make dua, as mentioned in Bukhari Sharif, Ya Allah, give me death on a Monday. So all these are good signs. Jazakallah khairan for that Mufti Saab. What should the people read at that time, this very sensitive and blessed time? When that person is in what we will call the Sakarat and so forth, he, that person, should read, Allahumma inni ala Sakaratil maut. O Almighty Allah, you assist me against the pains and pangs of death, as mentioned in Musnad Ahmad and various compilations. The people who are there, they should read Surah Yaseen. Mustafa Nabi Sallallahu said, Iqra'u ala mautakum Yaseen. Read upon your dead and deceased, the Surah Yaseen. Seen. So both meanings are implied and referred to. That is, when the person is on the verge of dying and leaving this world, then also read Surah Yaseen because it makes it easy for the ruh and the soul then to separate eminent from the body. And likewise, after the person has passed away, then also after burial and so forth, we read Surah Yaseen. So that also is meritorious as mentioned in Abu Dawood. And when that person in his last moments, Lakrinu Mawl, 
bawtakum la ilaha illallah as mentioned in bulughul maram and various compilations of hadith that make talqeen and remind the brother or the sister to read the kalima la ilaha illallah muhammadur rasulullah the aim should be as nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam said man akana akhiru kalamihi la ilaha illallah dakhala al-jannah once the person's last speech is la ilaha illallah he enters jannah with the mercy of almighty allah the hadith in mishkat sharif as the minute lies in front of people, people might become overcome with emotion and they might want to kiss the deceased. Is this fine? That is in fact a sunnah of Nabi Muhammad Mustafa sallam. Even before the ghusl you can kiss the deceased and after the ghusl and kafan. So before the bathing and shrouding you kiss, that is permissible. Sayyidina Al-Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala who came and he saw the Mubarak body of Mustafa sallallahu and he kissed Mustafa on the Mubarak forehead and said Tibta hayya wa mayta, that your life ya Rasulullah was so pure and in death also it is so pure and Mustafa himself kissed Usman bin Maz'un and that was the first Sahabi to pass away in Medina Munawwara after the migration of Nabi to Medina Munawwara so it shows that if it is the same gender or for example a daughter kisses her father or the son kisses the mother and all this type of thing so we don't only say it's permissible we will say it's a sunnah to kiss the deceased on the forehead but remember it should not be ajnabi cannot be strangers you can't be going to kiss somebody else's wife and all that obviously that will be haram the next question with regard to ghusl who should be giving the ghusl and doing the kafan Regarding the ghusl and the shrouding, the bathing, shrouding, this great, great virtue for that also in Tabarani, the hadith is mentioned, Mustafa Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Man ghassala mayitan fakatamahu, you gave ghusl to the person and you concealed his faults, maybe you saw something, thumma kafanahu, and then you did the shrouding, all that, albasahullahu sundusun sundus, almighty Allah will give that person to wear that silk garments and clothing of Jannah which are very very thick so the hadith in Tabarani so this great virtue normally what happens in the towns and cities they have the burial committee and if a male passes away then the men will come they give the ghusl and if a female then the female team and group will come they will give the ghusl this is very good however even the family members two three of them for example the father passed away the son should be there the mother passed away the daughter should be there Oh, the sisters should be there. So that is what we will say is desirable and recommended that some close members should also be there. And the gusal you give the disease is the same manner like how we give gusal to ourselves. We first wash our hands, then the private parts, and then we make the hudu, and then we wash the whole body head downwards, and then right shoulder down, left shoulder down. So that is how the gusal is given. Regarding the shrouding, remember for the men, there are three pieces of cloth and you know the kafan as we call and Nabi alayhi salam said regarding the white material kafinu fiya mawtakum as mentioned in Tirmidhi Sharif that you give the, your gusa you give your kafan you know that, that, that white material like what we do nowadays the calico 
And for the women, there'll be five pieces of cloth. The, three, two, the two extra pieces will be, one will be for the head and the hair and so forth. And the second one will be what they call the sinabun, like for the bosom. So that are the two extra pieces that for the lady they will use. So three pieces for the male and five pieces for the female. And that is how the gusal and the kafan and camphor should be used also. This is very important. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and his beloved daughter Sayyidah Zainab radiallahu anha passed away. Nabi sallallahu told the ladies that you must put camphor after you gave the gusal fi mawadi is sujood meaning that in you know the places where you make sajda. So the forehead, the tip of the nose, the hands, the knees, the toes, the feet. So all those places there that you put camphor as well after you've given the gusal and before you do the shrouding. What is up the next question? After the ghusl has been done, how should a woman's hair be kept? Regarding our ladies, now they will give the ghusl to the lady. Thereafter, how should the hair be kept? Remember the hadith is mentioned in Bulughul Maram, Musnad Ahmad, various compilations and so forth. Now the Sahabiyat say, فَدَّفَرْنَاهَا ثَلَاثَ قُرُوا ثَلَاثَ خَلْفَهَا that we took the hair of Nabi Sallallahu's daughter and we made it three parts. And you know the plaits, you make three parts of it. You put one behind the right shoulder, one behind the neck, and one behind the left shoulder. And that is the verdict of majority scholars, the Shafi'is, the Malikis, the Hanbalis. So that is what you will do. However, the Hanafi ulama say no, that when the lady has long hair, for example, the African lady, normally they don't have that long, long hair. Or today, our women who cut their hair and trim their hair and so forth, which is haram and not permissible, and it's imitating men and fashion and what have you. But nevertheless, that if the lady's hair is long, then the Hanafi ulama and scholars say that you take it and make two parts of it, you bring it in front, and you cover the bosom and the breast with it. So that is according to the Hanafi school. But the other school, the Shafi'is, Hanbalis and them say that no, you'll put all that back and the Hadith is mentioned in Bulughul Maram, Mishkat Sharif, various compilations. Jazakallah khairan Mufti Sahib. Moving on to the Janazah now, is Salatul Janazah in abstentia permissible? As Muslims, we must remember this is the beauty of Islam that for us to give the ghusl that is compulsory, farza kifaya. If no one in that city or town give ghusl, kulluhum athimun, all of them will be considered sinners. So whether it's the bathing of the deceased of Muslims, obviously, or the shrouding of the Muslim, or whether Salatul Janazah, all of them fall in the same category. And it is called that, you know, what we would say, farza kifaya. Some people must take that responsibility. They will get the reward and the others will be absorbed of it. Now many a time we can see nowadays that people are moving from country to country, continent to continent. You take South Africa. How many foreigners have settled here? People from India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, Africa, Nigeria, Malawi, Zimbabwe. Arab people, people have come here. Now somebody passes away. They are father, mother in their beloved country. They are in South Africa or vice versa. So can you read Salatul Janazah al-Ghaib in abstentia? 
the Shafi'i and the Hanbali scholars say it is permissible and the Dalil and evidence they cite is Inna Nabiya Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Najashi Mustafa Nabi Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam read on Najashi that is Negroes who embrace Islam whose story is mentioned in the Quran Sharif when they embrace Iman in the starting of the seven Jews Wa'idha Sami'u Ma'un Jalayla Rasul so that is the evidence cited by the Shafi'is and Hanbali scholars. However, the Hanafi and Maliki Judas say it is not permissible. You cannot read Salatul Janaza if the body is absent. So one of the prerequisites and conditions for the validity of Salatul Janaza, especially according to Hanafi and Maliki scholars, will be that the body has to be present. Therefore, the Hanafi say for Salatul Janaza you must stand, is compulsory, and you have to, you know, have the body present, so all that will be considered as compulsory. So the, the academic discussion, now what do the Hanafis and Maliki say regarding the incident of Nabi alayhi salatu salam? reciting, the uh, reading rather the Salatul Janaza on Hazrat Najashi radiallahu an, you know so in a case like that, so we will say that, that it was min khasais in Nabi sallallahu sallam, certain things were peculiar and the unique features, characteristics of Mustafa Nabi sallallahu sallam it was only for him and not for everybody Shukran Mufti Sahib. Uh, still about Janazah Salah, where should it be read? Uh, is it in the, uh, at the Qabristan or is it um, at the Masjid? When we study the Seerah Mubarakah of Nabi Muhammad Mustafa Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, we find that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam's Mubarakah was always to read the Salatul Janazah outside the Masjid. Even today, we can pinpoint to you at Masjid Nabawi where Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam used to perform the Salatul Janazah. Yes, on one, two occasions when Sahal and Suhail radiallahu ta'ala anu passed away, then Nabi alayhi salam performed the Salatul Janaza inside the masjid, but it was raining on those days there. So it shows, as the hadith is mentioned in Muslim and so forth, so we will say that definitely it's better, and therefore Hanafis say you must read the Salatul Janaza outside. So the imam and uh, the mayyid, the janaza will be outside and so forth. Sometime, you know, like in India, Pakistan, they have the masajid built in such a way that where the mihrab, the semicircle, the niche is, where the imam stands, then outside there they have a veranda like, and that place they use for janaza. So the mayit is outside, the peer, the imam is outside, one two serfs are outside, and the remainder are flowing into the masjid. So that is permissible as well. So you know, so it doesn't mean everybody has to be outside. The imam is outside, and the uh, mayit is outside, and you have few people outside, others in the masjid. So that also is fine. But it's best that everybody is outside. So that will be the Hanafi verdict. However, the Shafi'is and the Hanbalis and them say, no, if you read in the masjid also, it is valid. And they say that, you know, Nabi alayhi salatu salam read for Sahal and Suhail. But the Hanafi's proof is strong in this sense. They look at the normal habit of Nabi sallallahu alayhi And there's a hadith in Abu Dawood also, Man salla ala janazatin fil masjid, fala ajra lahu, that of ala shay'a lahu, that 
that when you read Salatul Janazah of the deceased, you know, inside the masjid proper, then there's no real reward for that person, meaning you don't get abundant reward. So that will be the dalil, both sides, you know, as I mentioned. So the best, we will say, even this day at this age, is better to have it outside. But now you know, like certain places, the Haramain Sharifain, Makkah, Mukarramah, Madinah, Munawara, the crowd is so big. And, and now the Imams, they perform the Salatul Janazah there. So when the Hanafis, it is their janazah or it is them themselves who want to read. You just read in a masjid. You don't say, no, I can't read the Sadul janazah because the mayit, the janazah is taking place in a masjid. Or if you go to Cape Town, for example. So if they read it there, the Sadatul janazah will be valid. Khairan for that Mufti Sahib. How is janazah salah to be performed? Imam Shafi'i rahimahullah has mentioned one jewel as we will call it the Dalta'if, the Asrar, the secrets and the wisdom and the beauty of Islam. This we call Mahasin al-Islam. See Hafiz Ibrahim Musa, for example, I want to give you this kitab or this pen or this watch or whatever. So I present it to you like this in front, like, you know, we won't give it on the back. So now my father, mother, brothers passed away. So we read Salatul Janazah. So what do we say? We say that they, the Mayit will be in front, then the Imam, and then the people at the back. So we will cherish and relish the moments that we spared with them, spent with them and all those. But remember, the ultimate and real owner is who? Almighty Allah. So therefore we say inna lillah wa inna liraj'oon which is a unique feature of this ummah the hadith in Tabarani no ummah had this dua before us so we belong to Allah and unto Allah is a return so it's a gift we are giving back to the rightful owner ultimate owner and that is Almighty Allah. Second, there is no ruku and sajda in Sadul Janaza because the mayyid is in front to show us ruku, bowing down and prostrating is solely, only for all Almighty Allah Azza wa Jalla. So that is the second point that we should remember. That ruku sazda is only for all. We can't make ruku sazda by a nabi, by a wali, by anyone. Any creation is absolutely haram. Now the Salatul Janaza, first of all you make intention, you're reading Salatul Janaza. Then you say it, intention doesn't have to be pronounced and announced. In your heart you make the intention. Allahu Akbar. Then the Hanafi scholars say, you read Thana, Subhanakallahu Bihamdik. And majority scholars, the Shafi'is and the Hanbalis and all of them say, no, you read Surah Fatiha. And according to Shafi'is, to read Surah, Surah Fatiha in that uh, Salatul Janaza is farz and compulsory. If you don't read the Surah Fatiha, then the Salatul Janaza is null and void. In the Haramain Sharifain, because the mics are so powerful, many a time you will hear the Honorable Imams in Makkah, Mukarramah, Madinah, Munawurah. I heard many, many times. So then they, they are reading the Surah Fatiha in that first, you know, Takbir, after the first Takbir. So there's a slight different opinion. Hanafi says, Subhanak Majority scholars will say Surah Fatiha. So our second takbir, then the majority scholars say you raise your hand again, and Hanafi say you don't raise your hand, so that is also Abdaliyah, what is preferred and so forth, but you say Allah Akbar. The Muqtadi also must say Allah Akbar. The four takbirs are first, according to all. You must say the Allah Akbar. 
Nevertheless, thereafter, you must remember, you read Durood, Salawat upon Nabiul Mustafa, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and then the Imam says, Allah Akbar, the third one, and then you make the dua for the deceased. Remember the most comprehensive dua that Nabi Alayhi Salam taught us, the Ummah, Subhanallah, and we all learned this if we went to primary madrasa and so, Allah fil lihiyina, wa mayyitina, wa shahidina, wa ghaibina, wa saghirina, wa kabirina, wa dhakarina, wa unthana, Allah wa man ahyaytahu minna fa ahyal islam, wa man tawafaytahu minna fa tawafawal al-iman. So these type of duas you read, Ya Allah, forgive those alive, those who have passed away, the male, the female, the elders, the children. So everybody, you know, and Ya Allah, when you keep us alive, keep us alive with Islam. And when you give us death, give us death with Iman. So it shows that the Iman is the criteria by Almighty Allah. Then when the Imam says Allah Akbar, thereafter you make salam. Here is one masla, very interesting. Majority scholars, the Hanafis and the, and the Shafi'is, the Malikis, all of them say you will make salam both sides. But the Hanbalis, only Hanbalis, they say you make salam only on the right hand side. Therefore you will find in Makkah, Mukarramah, Madinah, Munawarah, they the Imams, majority of them, they follow the Hubbali school in most issues so therefore they just make one salam and then they start walking so that is the fiqhul hanbaliya or hanabila that is according to the hanbali fiqh so we should remember that and majority scholars say both sides you make the salam so that is our salatul janaza is performed for the deceased when lowering the mayat into the grave what is to be recited Mustafa Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa taught us all these type of things. Ida wada'atum al-mayyid fil qubur. That when you're going to lower the mayyid in the grave, then read Bismillah wa ala millati rasulillah. Best is to have three or four people, you know, when you have an adult, male or female, that has passed on. So they will go first into the grave, and then you should tell each one, like how oh, in my case of my brother now, he passed away, rahimahullah. So I told my nephew, and all of that. Let's see when the body comes, we all must read. You each one read individually. Bismillah wa ala millati Rasulillah. So, in the name of Allah and on the religion of Nabi Muhammad, this is a sunnah, and many a time the sunnah is overlooked. And thereafter, you lower the body, and then what you do is karwat. Karwat is a Urdu term which normally people normally use it, so therefore I use it. You don't just turn the face towards the Qibla when you are burying the deceased now. You turn the entire body towards the Qibla and that is very important. So when we bury our deceased, we will first say Bismillah wa la millati Rasulillah and thereafter we will say that, you know, we will turn the entire body and then we fill it up with sand and so forth. And after the burial, remember that we can read, you know, 11 times as mentioned in Dara Qutni or for example we can read Surah Yasin as mentioned in Abu Dawood or we can read the starting of Surah Baqarah and ending of Surah Baqarah as was the action of Abdullah ibn Umar or we even raise our hands and raising the hands in the graveyard is permissible and the hadith is mentioned in Sahih Muslim thrice Nabi Sallallahu raised his hands and if you don't raise your hands that also is permissible so we should not make it an issue. Both actions are proven by Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And then
then you make dua for the deceased because they need the dua at that time. And the best dua you should make is Almighty Allah, Jalla Allah keeps them steadfast. Allahumma thabbithu, if the male, Allahumma thabbithu in the su'al. Ya Allah, the question is going to take place. Keep them steadfast. Let them give the correct answers and so forth. And Ya Allah, grant them Jannatul Firdaus. Allahumma hasibu hisabi yasira. Make the hisab easy. Allahumma Allahumma kana muhsinan fazid fi ihsanihi. Is a good person. Increase him, Ya Allah, in the reward. Wa in kana musiyan fatajawaz and sayyatihi. And Ya Allah, if he was a person who committed sins, major sins, then you forgive him through your mercy. And Allahumma jirhu min adab al qabr, adab al nar. Ya Allah, protect him from the chastisement and torment of the grave and the punishment of the grave. So these are the type of du'as we should be making because this is what they require from us. So two final questions. The first, um, can women go to the graveyard? Mustafa Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, La'anallahu o la'ana rasulullah both. So la'ana rasulullah o la'ana Allah both come. Then Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam cursed the women who visit the graves. And la'anallahu zairat al-qubur. Allah curses the grave women who visit the grave. Open the hadith in Sunan Nasai, Bulughul Maram. Various hadith kitabs you will find. So for women to go to graveyard, definitely not permissible. Some ulama have written haram. Some ulama have written makruta and so forth so meaning definitely it is not permissible and you can see the chaos that goes on nowadays I, in our lands graveyard you see sometimes the ladies come we tell them don't but you know sometimes they still come they come with such clothes that leave a lot to be desired some of them then some of them are more interested in gardening and pushing, pushing up the grave instead of taking a lesson and so forth and then the performance they will put up you know especially that if it is their son or father or somebody so there and Islam does not allow intermingling so how much intermingling will take place so therefore there are many reasons and it's not permissible final question Mufti Sab this afternoon what about the deaths of the deceased the deaths of the disease, remember, it is of paramount importance that the executor and the heirs should come together and make sure it is paid as soon as possible. In Islam, we say when a person passes away, number one is burial funeral expenses, then the deaths of the disease, and for the total estate, and then wasiya, wasiya is for non-heirs, a person, organization, and the maximum amount is one-third from the total estate, and fourth one are the shares of the heirs. Now look at the deaths, hadith in Muslim Ahmad and Tirmidhi also, Nabi alayhi salam said, Nafsul mu'mini mu'allakatun biduyunihi hatta tughda anhu. Our near and dear ones will not go to Jannah until the debts are paid. So the easy way to circumvent this of this, you the heirs, you take the responsibility and say, fine, it is no more the debt of my father, mother, brother, sister, wife, husband, whoever passed away. It is our debt, it is my debt, and we will pay it. So in that way, the deceased become bari uzimma, is free of that obligation. So that's a very easy way to solve the problem, but obviously they have to pay the credit. Joining us in Jazakallah Khairan to you for answering all our questions on the special edition of Al-Fiqhu Al-Madhahib Al-Arba relating to Janaza and Death. More questions you can email to Mufti Sahib. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.